All right, guys, so welcome to this episode. Today we're joined by Nadia Abdo, and we're going to be talking about mental health and exercise. Nad, are you all right? Yeah, cool, thank you. Good, good to have you on. Um, so should we start off by you just explaining a bit about your uh, experience and why you now specialise in this area? Yeah, sure. So I've, I've had two, actually. So I've worked in mental health, so I've worked in a hospital for four years forensic unit so it's medium secure so working with people like murderers uh things people like that who are like victims as well so we had murderers and we had victims so they were medium secure unit all different types of illnesses really um, so i did that for four years but then i've also had the other experience of actually being an inpatient in a secure unit as well um, so I can see it, yeah i can see it from both sides really um, not one I thought I'd be patient in the security unit. Yeah. So just for anybody that doesn't really like know anything about mental health, do you want to just explain a bit about it, what it's like and what sort of uh, I don't know what, what you would expect? Yeah, I think I think that the main thing with mental health is to realise that everyone's individual. So someone's experience of depression is going to be totally different to another parent's person's experience of depression. Yeah. So the more than just the diagnosis. So everyone gets diagnosed with some sort of mental health illness based on the criteria. Um, but it's much more than it's much more than that. Yeah. So I think that's where the issue comes from, because everyone gets treated exactly the same, but everyone's experiences and hallucinations and things like that are totally, totally different. You know, one day you can wake up feeling like the best person in the world and go on to work normal. The next yeah. day you can literally wake up and not want to get out of bed physically can't get out of bed. Um, so it changes. Is there anything that like can you kind of tell before that? I can tell with me, um, because of all the therapy that I've had in the last couple of years, I can tell when I'm due a bad day. Like the mood will drop, I won't eat for a few days, I won't train for a few days, so I kind of know that something's gonna happen. You don't know how big the drop's gonna be if you are worried about it. Yeah. But some people can't, like for example, people who have bipolar disorder, they can be really manic one day, normal for such one day, and then the next day you won't be able to get out of bed. So it's about working on yourself and knowing you won't do this. Yeah, knowing the signs when it's going to come up. So, have you got, for you, have you got anything that when you know, um, I know you said you go to training and stuff like that beforehand, but do you, uh, do you have anything you do to kind of prepare yourself for that if you know you're going to have a bad time? I, the main thing is to tell people around me um, that, yeah, that it's going to happen, just so that they're aware that you know, my mood is going to drop. Then it's nothing that they've done wrong, it's just me kind of needing that bit of extra support as well. And I yeah. think that's important. Like, if you know that something's going to come up, you get that support around, around you to help you through. Um, I think that's really important. Yeah, having a good team around it is always the way to go. Like for, for me, so I always try to be like uh, like on hand to help if I can or whatever to anybody struggling. But what would be, it's always something that's quite hard, I think, when you're, you know, you don't know what to say or maybe you don't know what is actually going to help. Because if you ask somebody and they just give you an answer, where do you go from there? I mean, what what's the best thing for somebody to do to help somebody that's going to go through main thing is not to invalidate so don't invalidate what they're feeling if they're feeling really really low or really depressed or suicidal don't go well 
Sometimes it's not just about saying stuff to them, it's literally just listening. A yeah. lot of people with mental health issues just want people to listen. For example, you know, personal training clients, even though they get an hour, sometimes 45 minutes, they just want to sit there and talk on offload because, you know, that's the only time they get in their week to do that. Um, so I think it's important that people concentrate too much on what they want to say and not wanting to upset the person. When really the majority of the time all they want is someone to just actually listen but like really listen don't just listen to you know the sake of listening actually hear what they're saying yeah trying to validate their own their own feelings yeah i suppose because seeing um having somebody else talk to them would that then not kind of make you feel better but kind of be able to make you see things a bit differently and help you in the long yeah time? it kind of helps to offload um you know if you keep all the feelings inside you know they're gonna boil up inside and inside and then you're going to end up exploding and um, for me I think it's really important that I open up to people yeah okay trust issues then come in you know people yeah. don't really trust people or if people haven't gone through mental health issues themselves it's really difficult for them to understand so I also think it's important I don't know for people like us in personal training as well it's just to have some research and education around it so you kind of know what to say and what not to say but talking definitely up there is one of the things that people need to do. Yeah, so just being there and making sure you're, you're open to be able to help, really. Yeah, and ask them what they want. Like, a lot of times people are like, oh, this should work, this should work, this should help, rather than actually asking them what they want and what they think will help, because then it gives them time to actually think, oh, well, actually, what do I want, what does help, rather yeah, than you telling fun. them what, yeah. what, what because like you say, everyone's different, aren't they? So it's like, what are you going to find that's going to help you might be totally different to somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you're now in the process of starting a charity, aren't you? Um, yeah. To help people out. Um, and you've been PTing for how many years? Three years now. Three years PTing, now you're starting a charity. And you're going to combine the two things, bring them together to kind of help people out when they're struggling with mental health. That's, yeah, that's the thing, like, especially in the northeast, um, well, everywhere really, it, you have to be, you have to have a major crisis and a major breakdown before you can actually receive the help that you actually need. So what's the point of waiting until you yeah. do that? You know, prevention is, you know, there's nothing out there at the minute that's in between either going to hospital or you know, going to see a GP for a bit of antidepressants that has to be something. Do you mean? So I'm sort of in charity, still need a name for it. Um, I think it's mine a bit um, where people can come and do some you know, physical activity, personal training, free at first. So every time they go to their GP, the GP will refer them to me um, and we can work on different ways of improving their mental health. You know, physical activity has massive benefits for mental health. Especially um, yeah. that way, giving them support, you know, having somewhere for them to come to offload as such, rather than having to wait for the NHS waiting to their own stretch, you know, they're under the budget, they need to get something. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in one of my older jobs, working in security at the hospital, um, if there was somebody who was a high risk of, a high flight risk, had come in, we'd get told, and like they'd come in, let's say the start of a shift, and they'd just be told to sit there, and they could sometimes be there when you came back for your next shift. 
to the full day just sitting in a room they just and, and when you're feeling bad that's not going to help you in any way is it so like you say you do need somewhere to go before you get to that point uh, it must be tough yeah that's what this charity is for um you know allowing like to say favor really
but if you're not accepting you know the fact that why why have you done that why have you not stuck to your you know eating plan in a week once you know why you've done it you can work on it but if you're just constantly harsh on yourself you know it is hard we're our own worst critics especially pts we're our own worst critics exactly yeah i mean thinking of that do you think that because you're a pc and you know that do you think thinking about it in that way you can get out of that like circle easier but if you didn't know what you were so you didn't know about your nutrition you didn't know about your training and you just kind of felt well i'm, I'm failing what's the point of me trying to start again because i know i'll just fail again how would you reckon you could get out of that if that makes sense yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're lucky enough to have a personal trainer or go to weekly gyms or have a nutritionist, you know, having those weekly check-ins with your nutritionist or your personal trainer, that, that really helps. You know, if you've got that, they're utilising, that's what they're there for. They're not just there for an hour, you know, for that PT session. You know, yeah. you're, paying for, you're paying for, yeah, their hour, but for their knowledge and their experience as well. Yeah. So if, you, if you've got that, definitely reach out to them, you know, and help them help you, basically, because they've got the knowledge. But, you know, if you don't have a PT, if you don't have a nutritionist and you're just doing it, doing it yourself, then, you know, accept that you've had, you've had a bad week. There's nothing wrong. You've not had a bad week as such. You know, you're setting yourself your own high standards and your own goals and your own, your own expectations. So if you think you've failed, then that's because, you know, you've set yourself too high a higher goal. Maybe, you know, if you just change your goals ever so slightly to stuff that's much more achievable, but you're not going to feel deflated if you don't hit, hit them. You know, I think I... As PT, I think people set themselves too high goals. You know, they come to you in their first session, for example, and you ask them what their goals are, and they're like, "Oh, I want to lose like I don't know, two stone in three weeks." Yeah. You know, it's just it's the things that you do little and often every day that's going to help you achieve your goal, rather than do something major, not achieve it, and then that's going to feel make you feel really really deflated. So just be, a lot of people concentrate on how far they've got to go rather than how far they've actually come. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that is a big thing. Like I always say to, to clients and whatever, um, get your goal, but then break it down into weekly goals. So split that two stone down each week and then you don't feel so overwhelmed with this massive jump that you've got to try and make. Yeah, look, For everyone, it's not just people that may be struggling. When they're thinking about that, it's every person does it, don't they? Yeah. So you just got to know that it's not just you that's going to be doing that. Even yeah, you know, reach out exactly and as I said before, reach out, you know, to anyone really. You know, we're always gonna be our own worst critic, so we're always gonna look at the negative things that we've done. Whereas other people can actually see the positive things that we've done. So if you reach out to people they like it, it might help you change your mindset. Yeah. Get you focusing on things that, you know, that you are good at rather than you yourself focusing on things that you've not done so well. So I think that's what we do. So on that Thinking of that, do you think if you were having a say, I don't know, what what would you go for? Like a bad, is it a, just a day or does it stretch on for how long would you say? Um, I know it's time last, yeah, most of my last three four days, to be fair, um, I, I can stay in bed for four days and, and not get out of bed. It's not it's not that I'm not trying. I am trying. I just physically can't get about out of bed. I yeah. think unless you've been through it, it's really hard to to kind of explain or to understand it so it's just again acknowledging that people do go in cycles i know that i go in a cycle um but i know that i've got out of it before i can get out of it again and yeah. i think that's really really important that everyone who's going through quite difficult times at the minute they've probably gone through worse times in the past but managed to get out of it so just utilize what you've got out, what you used last time 
and try and use it again this time. Um, but again, speaking out and reaching out, which is where this charity comes in because you know you're being a crisis line and you can't get through because they're just so busy with calls and stuff. Um, and then that can make you feel worse, especially if they're like, oh, you're fine, you don't need anything. And that can make you feel rejected. Yeah. And then it stops you from then asking for help in the future. So yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not just tough for people with mental health issues, it's tough for everyone, but people who have mental health issues, everything's just intensified. Yeah. Because like I say, your emotions are all over the place. Yeah, I suppose it's, um, so like through those, say four days or whatever it is, where you really, really struggle, do you find that you'll have four days and then you know kind of how long until the next time that you start feeling bad, or is it just totally random? Yeah, it just comes out of the blue. You don't, like for, for me, if something, if something major was to happen, or something little, for example, if my laptop broke, yeah. For me, that would be like one of the worst things in the world. I know it's not, but because my I know my emotions and I, you know, I can go from naught to hundred pretty quickly in emotions. Yeah. Something like that could trigger me. All right. Um, so even something little. It's not, it's not because my laptop's broke. It's because of kind of holding everything in. Yeah, yeah. Then it comes out. Yeah, it yeah. takes something little like that to kind of let it out. But you don't. You can't really tell. I wish you could, because then obviously well, you yeah. could put stuff in place. Make sure. Make sure. Yeah. Well, you can. You can. You can work out what triggers you though, um, and try to stay away from that trigger. Or, for example, if you know something that's coming up in the future is going to trigger you, you can kind of put something in place then, and be like, well, you know, especially if you've got trauma, and you know that you're going to a place that's going to trigger your trauma. For example, people who have to go back home and they've had awful experiences at home obviously then going back home is going to trigger a lot of stuff so it's about putting like a safety plan in place in advance because you yeah. know you're going to struggle so having the luxury of knowing that type of thing you can then put a safety plan in place i'm not saying it won't happen it won't trigger you you probably will get triggered but you're trying to make it feel less overwhelming kind of being in control of it as much as yeah. possible you know? and i think that's, that's the thing people with mental health issues they don't feel like they're in control yeah at all um, that's so having that, yeah, having that bit of control really, really helps. Yeah. Um, so going on to like nutrition side of things, do you, do you feel having a good diet, like a balanced diet is helpful? Um, I know when people feel down or whatever, they may be good to like comfort food and that. Do you, do you find that having a, being a PT and kind of knowing a bit more about it than the average person that you can feel a better benefit from it? Yeah, definitely. I think nutrition plays a massive part. You are right. People who, you know, feeling stressed or upset or depressed, they do go towards comfort food or I go the opposite direction and don't eat at all. But that can just be as bad as, you know, comfort food. If I'm not eating at all, I'm not having the energy, then I'm not going to be able to recover. Because, yeah. you know, getting out of bed is going to be even harder. Going for a walk is going to be even harder because I'm not feeling my body. Similarly, if you comfort eat, you know those foods are going to make you feel great for like maybe 20 minutes because of the sugar rush. But after that, you're going to feel you know, you're going to have a massive sugar crash, you're going to feel really lethargic. And that's yeah. then not going to go into your mental health. I mean, all the therapies that I've done, everyone's mentioned nutrition. Right. Nutrition plays a massive part in it. If you're not eating well and you're not fueling your body correctly, you're going to feel 10 times worse. Yeah. And it's not about sticking to a healthy diet, you know, eating fruit and vegetables. It's just about doing, you know, just being aware about certain foods and the impact it's going to have on you, really. Um, but no, nutrition does play 
does play a massive part. I'm not saying, you know, there's nothing wrong with having an ice cream or a biscuit or something if you're feeling, feeling stressed and stuff. That's just everyone's reaction. Yeah. But, you know, if you keep doing it continually on a daily basis, you're not really helping yourself, I don't think. Again, that comes back to being in control of it, I suppose, isn't it? Because I would never tell anybody not to eat something they didn't want to eat. Just having control of how often you eat it. Yeah. I think yeah. that's with me. Like, I stop eating because it's a control. So I control the, the food. And if I don't eat, that's me having control. It's not healthy. Like, I know it's not healthy, but it's a way for me to get that control. And so when, is, that, is that a way you find you can manage that sort of thing? Yeah, I mean, I shouldn't, but I know that I'm doing it because I want that I want that control back. And when you're in, when I have one of these bad episodes and stuff, it is really important for me just to have that control. And in that moment of time, I can't think about anything else. I don't think that this is bad for me. It's just me going back to what I normally do. Looking back now, obviously I know it's, it's not healthy. So it's about having that mindset while you're going through a really difficult period, which isn't which isn't easy. And I think that's where it's important, where you have to know your triggers and you have to know your own behaviours and your own actions. Because then you can really try to work on them instead of you know waiting for it to happen and then you're doing it again because you don't know how to react. Yeah, yeah. So you, you've used nutritionists in the past, haven't you, for your training and stuff? Yeah, I have. Yeah. Have, have, have they ever like changed your nutrition plan for taking all this in? There was a one girl, one woman, shall I say, she was brilliant. She like made you write down how you felt in that day. So for example, if you reached towards the chocolate bar, well, why did I go towards that chocolate bar? Was it because I wanted it or was it because I was feeling stressed or did I have a bad training session or did I have a bad day at work? So as well as she got me to write what I ate, also why I was eating it. And I think that's really important because then you can kind of pick up patterns and pick up behaviours and then, then you can try to change them. But she never told me not to eat anything. Right. Like she was like, if you feel like it, have it, but then know why you're having it. And then we can try and work on that together. I think a lot of people also, probably with personal training, they're probably under eat, to be fair, um, yeah. in relation to that. So I think having nutrition knowledge or having someone who has a lot of nutrition knowledge really really does go a long way because you need to refuel your body not just physically but mentally your body needs refueling as well so maybe that's a good thing for people to who maybe not thought about it in the past something to go and look at get some advice on nutrition yeah and if you don't want to get the advice if you don't if you think it costs too much money then yeah okay track your food but also track your emotions and your feeling like why are you going towards that food yeah, if you do it for a week or so, you're able to see a, see a pattern and then maybe you can change it. Maybe you've seen a pattern that you didn't even realise you had, really. Yeah. And then once you've actually, I find that once you write it down and actually physically see it in front of you, it makes it much more easier than just thinking about it in your head. Yeah, I mean, food diaries, I always met like, clients use them to for their goal, for what they're doing. Well, that's another good way of doing it, isn't it? If you write down your emotions yeah. next to each thing. You know exactly yeah. what's what. Yeah, I never even thought like that. That's... It works really well. Yeah, I bet it does, yeah. Especially with that control thing, like you say, it's, you can actually see exactly what's what and what's yeah. making you feel like. Yeah. Um, so, we were talking the other day about your charity and when you started that up, and from your experience, where would you feel that you've got the most help from? Um, I know, like you were saying, it's the struggle trying to get seen at the doctors or whatever because it's such a long way. Um, you've had a nutritionist who's helped you with that, writing it down in like a food diary. But where, where would you 
for someone listening, where would you recommend that they go to find that help? Yeah, obviously your GP is your first point of call, um, but they they can only put you on the medication. They can't or direct you towards certain areas. Everyone's had everyone's got their own community mental health team, and I'm part of you know, I'm part of a community mental health team. However, you know, for one person, for example, they have like 30 to 40 people on one caseload. So imagine you as a PT having 30 to 40 clients on a weekly basis. Yeah. That's tough. You know, you, you're not going to be able to give your all to each and every individual client if you've got that many clients. Yeah. And that's the problem with the community mental health team is because they're so underfunded and overstretched. You know, they can't give everyone's attention. They can't give everyone the same attention. They can't give everyone the same care. So yeah, community mental health teams, but I think it's really, really important to be open with people around you because I think they're the ones that can really help you. They're the ones that see you on a regular basis. You know, they're the ones that are going to affect your life, really. They're the ones that you kind of want to be good for. You know, you kind of want to live. When I've been through really difficult times, I've thought about, well, actually, you know, my sister, for example, my sister's my main motivation. I want to be around for her. So knowing that, she, you know, her, having her support, and you know, the family support plays a massive role. It's easy. Yes, it's easier to talk to a stranger sometimes. Like I agree, you know, ringing people can be easier. But I think the bigger support comes from those around you. But then, you know, having a PT, for example, just brings something different. Having a nutritionist brings something different as well. Having a therapist brings something different. It's just about finding what what works for you. And if you know, having if you're lucky enough to have friends and family around you who support you, then utilize that. I think for me as well, people always think that they're, like they're a burden. They don't want to burden their friends and family with how they're feeling. You know, they don't want to bring them down. Um, I think that's for everyone, really, not just people with mental health issues. But for me, I don't like talking to my friends and family about it. So I don't want them to feel like burdened or feel like they have to help. But then when I've gone through my struggles, who's come back to me, my friends, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you speak to me about it? We could have worked through it together. So medically, yeah, you know, go to your GP and talk to them. But I think the biggest support comes from those from those around you, really, because they're the ones that see you and know you better than anyone. Yeah, I mean, like you see um, people who have maybe like really been struggling, and then it and then they have it, it comes out or whatever, and people say, "Oh, well, they never said anything. I never knew. I didn't." It must be difficult to go and speak to someone because you do feel like that, don't you? you do feel like, oh, I don't want to kind of make them feel upset and worried and stuff like that. I think it's also difficult for people who are highly functioning. You know, I can go to work and look normal as such, like I haven't got an issue. So you do get a lot of people who are highly functioning, but deep down they're struggling with a lot of stuff. So for them type of people, it's even harder for them to reach out. Like the amount of people that have come up to me and be like, well, I didn't know you, you know, you post stuff on the internet, you look, you look fine, you come to train, you come to work, you just seem like there's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. Um, well, that's, my coping mechanism that's what i've always done is that another way of kind of don't know being being in control would you say yeah it is it's it's almost like like what i've been told from my therapist is i've always had to fight you know in my life i've always had to survive as such so that's what i've always been doing surviving not necessarily living you know i'm just literally getting up doing what i have to do and then going to bed the difference being over the last couple of months you know I want to start living instead of surviving and only when you notice the difference you know you realize that what you've done all your life is you have survived but you don't notice that you just feel like it's a normal thing that you do 
Yeah. yeah, as you're going through it, you don't really notice. And then after, when you're looking back and reflecting on it, you can see what's, what's really happened sort of thing. Yeah. So now going forward, have you kind of a plan or again, do you just kind of follow those um, signs that you know that are going to like trigger sort of thing? Yeah, I'm still working really hard. Um, like I'm starting a new therapy in a couple of weeks time, yeah. mainly with my relationship with people. Um, lack of trust, for example, I don't really trust that many, many of that people. So I've got that coming up and that to look forward to. Um, but then I've got this charity that I'm really heart set in stone about it. Um, I think it's, it's important if you're going to set up a charity to make sure that you've got experience in what you're setting up the charity for um, and knowing why, you know, knowing why you want to do it. Personally, I think people are more likely to come towards you if you experience what they're going through. You could go to a doctor who was trained for years and years and years, tell you a load of stuff, but actually they don't know what, what it feels like to have gone through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. Most mental health professionals, they've just read it from a book. Yeah. You know, they've read what, what the symptoms are, what, what you should do. Hardly any of them have actually gone through gone through it. And I think that's I'm lucky enough that my therapist has gone through quite a lot of stuff, so she kinda of understands that. But the majority of people, especially now, you know, the young people with hardly any life experience, I wouldn't say. Um, so even though you know they've done all the education, you've got all, you've got a certificate, they don't actually know what it feels like to go through it. That must be hard to try and work with someone like that, especially if they're always saying, "Oh well, no, this is how it should be." Like, yeah, but that's not not how it is, is it? This yeah. Is kind of. This is, those type of people are the ones that tell you this is what you should be doing, rather than well, what do you actually want to do? What works for you? And yeah. I think that question doesn't get asked. A lot. They just tick all the boxes and they're like, "This is what this is what you need to do," rather than well, what do you actually want to do? Yeah. So you, um, if you were with someone like that, you're in contact with them all the time. Uh, what was it called? The community uh, care coordinator. Community yeah. mental health. So you were just kind of texting them and keeping on track with them. Uh, I see them once a week. Um, well, it, it differs. It depends who, like, how they rate you or how they risk you, for example. So I see them once a week. Where I just get to offload to her for one week, for an hour, which does help. It's basically like a PT session, I suppose. You see them for an hour, but you get to offload um, and then work through some risks that may be coming up and work through other coping mechanisms, for example. Um, but yeah, they're always on hand. If you're so is that who you would make your plan with for like the following week and how you would deal with things? Yeah, that's the most important. It's like breaking it down into, into day by day rather than okay, in six months' time, I want you to do this. I can't think six months down the line. Yeah. Whereas on a weekly basis, they're like, right, focus on this for this week, and then we can reassess it next week. And if we've done well, then we'll change it. If you're still struggling with it, then we'll still keep working on it. Um, instead of having, yeah, they, keep, they do make you see, you know, where do you see yourself in five years' time, for example. Again, yeah. though, it's that breaking down your main goal, isn't it, and having small targets. Yeah, I mean, if you do your day, if you do your weekly goals, if I do my weekly goals, then yeah, in five years' time, I should achieve what I want to achieve. So yeah. you might break it down. You're not going to not achieve it by breaking it down. Um. So another thing. So someone I don't I don't know who he is, but somebody from near me, uh, he killed himself about three weeks ago. And there, there was a big thing in the paper about men keeping it obviously quiet and because they're worried about, you know, looking weak, maybe. 
how do you feel like seeing that so saying that men struggle with it in that way do you feel the same thing i think it i think it can be harder for men because men are seen as these protectors shall i say and if you know if they cry for example they're seen as weak or they believe they're seen as weak and i don't think that you know social media doesn't help that matter at all you know i think men always feel like they have to be strong especially if they've got a family around them you know they don't want to be seen seen as weak for me um it's probably something similar in the fact i don't want my friends and family to think i'm weak but i do 100 percent think it's harder for me um, to open up really and i think that's just society that we've been brought up with that men you know have to be seen as strong and crying is seen as weak or saying that you're struggling is seen as a sign of weakness yeah. and it's not but i think society has played a massive role in that Social media definitely doesn't help on that side of things, does it? No. But it comes back to having that team and support around you, doesn't it? Because if you have a team that can speak about anything, that shouldn't matter, should it? Yeah, exactly. They love you for who you are, whether whether you're gonna, whether you're crying or not, they'll still love you for that. But I think, yeah, you say social media. Even though it can be really good. It can also be really, really bad. I follow a lot of men on, on Instagram, for example, that have gone through gone through quite a lot and quite open about it. And you read the comments and the comments are disgusting. Yeah. Like, why? There's so much trolling on there, isn't there? It's just, it's, it's just, you can't believe, like you say, I've seen some of the comments of people following things. You think, how, how are people saying these things? Yeah. I think, again, controlling what you're, Social media going on there and way yeah. as well. I think that yeah, like suicide's the biggest, you know, in men over this over twenty five. Suicide's the biggest death, isn't it? Reason for death for men in the UK. Yeah. Um, and for me, I can understand that because when you get to when you get to a low point, you don't think that anything's going to change. You don't think that you know you don't deserve. You don't think you deserve the help, and you can't see a light at the end of the tunnel. So for men, it's even harder to open up. At that point, and if that I find it frustrating because suicide is preventable, like it's yeah. something that can be prevented, it's just the help or the lack of help that's out there is actually stopping people from getting the help that they deserve. Um, I think I found a research the other day that said it was 13, 13 billion pounds of the of the secondary primary healthcare in the NHS is spent on mental health services, which doesn't cover hardly anything compared to like other services in mental health, like obviously cancer and things like that. It's almost like triple, triple the amount spent on it. And especially now with COVID and people being in lockdown, there's going to be a massive mental health crisis. Yeah. So more money has, more money has to be put in to help. Well, you see it all the time, don't you, how it's so stretched everywhere they say it and it's just, I suppose, what, what is it they can put in? It's, it's things like these charities that is going to make the difference, isn't it? Yeah, and I, don't, I also think it's not just about professional help. Yeah, people, professional help is great and it has helped me. But like I said before, I think it's also getting the help of people around you, you know, doing something that, you know, will make you feel better, like, you know, like going to the gym and physical, physical yeah. activity. Not, I've been guilty of relying on, you know, professional help and they're not always going to be there. So it's finding other ways to try and help you how you get through and you, like I say your friends and family are, are the ones that are always going to be there for you and won't let you down even though you go when you're going through a crisis 
when I've gone through a crisis. You know, I think my friends and family engage me and, and they want me to die. That's how bad it gets. You just, really? you just can't. Yeah, you just, I just couldn't focus. I thought they wanted me to die. I didn't think they wanted me to be around. Um, so it takes a massive amount of trust for then one of them to come in and be like, yes, we do. Feeling that, is that from like, we were saying about the triggers before, is that if you've had an argument with someone or something like that, would that then go into that heart? Yeah, if I've had an argument with someone, if I, um, if someone said they were going to meet me or something like that and then they cancelled it last minute, automatically in my head I'd be like, you know, shit, they didn't want to see me. I've, I've done something wrong to upset them. They don't want me to be around and better off not being there. Yeah. But if I manage to talk to someone on a daily basis, I don't really feel it. If I've not spoken to anyone for a few days um, and someone, something like that happens, because it's all built up inside me, then that's when I think, oh shit, no one actually wants, no one wants me around. And that's, for me, when I've gone at my lowest, and I'm, you know, I've been pretty open about it on social media a couple of months ago. You know, I, did, I was at that low point when I did try to commit suicide, and that was the thing that went through my head. And my family and friends don't want me around. I'll be better off for that here. Yeah. So I, I saw all your posts on it. I think it's good that you put it out there for other people to be able to see that because, again, not knowing if other people are going through it. Well, you know other people are going through it, but you're not speaking to other people. And it's, it's making it harder. What, um, I mean, what took you to, to that decision there that time? Uh, I, I was speaking to quite a lot of people. I isolated myself. I do that a lot. You know, I isolate myself. I don't talk to anyone. And then obviously if it's just me sitting with my own thoughts, um, voices and, you know, when things get really bad, I hear voices, I hallucinate. If it's just me and them, and they're telling me bad things over and over again, that people don't care about me, that I'm better off dead and I'm not speaking to anyone else, then I haven't got like a counter argument as such. Um, I didn't think my life was going to get any any better. I'd had a really shit couple of, couple of months. And for me, it's like, well, I keep going in these cycles where I'm okay and then have a shit couple of months and then I'm okay. Well, I don't want to do that anymore. I just... I just I can't get through it. I don't want to. Yeah. Um, the easier thing is to just uh, die. That's what I thought. Um, but everyone will be better off without me in it. And someone went to me, well, isn't that a bit selfish? Because you leave people around, you know, like your family and friends. You're yeah. leaving them and, you know, they're having to deal with the distress. And when someone said that to me, I was like, well, no, not, not really. I'm doing it for myself. You know, you don't, people get when I was in that mood, like people get over there and it's not going to be easy and people do get over it. Um, so when people say suicide selfish, it's, it's not really. Uh, most of the time, it's not that they want to end their life, they want to end their pain. And they, for me, I couldn't think of any other way to end my pain rather than yeah. my life. I mean, yeah, that must be so tough. Uh, I, can't even, I can't even imagine it, honestly. That like, how long ago was that now? What was it been? Three months, three, four months ago. So from, from there, from I remember when you put the first post on. Was it over the weekend? Yeah. Yeah. So then you, you put the post on, I can't remember where exactly. Was it like Monday, start of the week, something like that? Yeah. So from there, you'd obviously, you'd gone into the worst point possible. And then coming out of that, was it like a steady getting better and better and better? Or was it up and down? I think it's, it's all, with mental health, I think it's always going to be up, up and down. I don't, I don't think there's a cure. I don't think I can be cured, and I don't think it's about being cured. It's about being able to manage yourself better. You know, 
yeah, okay, you can get put on antidepressants, which make things easier, but they're not really solving a problem. So I don't think it's about curing it. Like I say, I don't think there is a cure. So you are going to have ups and downs. I think that's always, and I think that's where the understanding has to come in and the education has to come in. And the fact that just because one, you know, a person's had one good day, it doesn't mean they're suddenly recovered or they're going to be okay. Um, it just means they've had a, an okay day. But the next day, they, like me, you know, won't be able to get out of bed. But that's just their mental illness. You know, it's not them being lazy. It's not them, you know, being negative in a way. Like all these memes that you see when you go, you know, oh, I'm feeling sad today. And like, oh, I'll just think happy thoughts. Well, you know, if, if I wanted to think happy thoughts, I'd be thinking happy, happy thoughts. Yeah. So it, it is like a chemical imbalance. So yeah, we'll have ups and downs. And I, I know that. I've accepted that I'll have ups and downs. I just hope my downs are not as bad as they were a couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah, so just managing it, keeping the best. Yeah. Um, so well, coming to the end, what would you, if, if you're someone who's listening who is maybe feeling down or they know that they're starting to feel worse and worse, um, what would you say to them from your experiences to try and help them through this next bit? Uh, like, definitely reach out and open out to someone that you trust, um, you know, that you have spoken to before in the past. Do things that you know that make you feel good, you know, whether it is training, whether it is eating well, whether it is just going for a coffee or going for a meal, going to the cinema, anything that, you know, makes you feel good that you're proud of. Try to keep doing them on a daily basis. Accept that, okay, this bad, you know, you may have this bad period coming up, um, you know, you may struggle. But you can be in control of that by putting a safety plan in place. So if you haven't got, you know, like me, I'm not, you know, I've got a professional. If you're not lucky enough to have a professional, talk to someone else about it. Put that safety plan in place. Make sure you're not on your own as well. You know, surround yourself with, with people, um, especially if you've got a difficult time coming up, definitely surround yourself with people. And just, you know, like I say, be honest as well. Be honest with the people around you. Um, don't put too much pressure on yourself. You know, I think a lot of us are guilty of being like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm shit now. Why, why am I going through this again? I was having a good couple of days and now these bad days are coming. I'm fed up. With, like I got into that circle, I was fed up of it happening over and over again. However, you're probably in a better position now to deal with this difficult time than you were you know, six or seven months down the line. Yeah. So even though it's happening, you're probably it's not going to be as overwhelming as it once was. But definitely just open up and reach out to people. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. No, well, that's been a educational whatever it's been. That's really good. Thank you for sharing that with us. I think it'll help a lot of people, especially people who don't know anything about it, like myself. I mean, it's uh, something you'd like to think you knew more about, but. Yeah. Uh, no, I, think, I think for people who are like you that don't know anything about it, I think the key is. Yeah, okay, you can have you know, education and knowledge and read up about it. But just understand that people, the majority of people just want someone to listen. So people always say to me, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't want to say the right thing. The majority of the time, if you just listen and actually there for that person, it means more to them than you're actually saying anything. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Cheers for that, lads. Appreciate that. So when, what, have you got a name for your charity yet? I'm thinking MindFit. MindFit. Good name. Well, if anyone else has any options or any ideas, let me know. Leave it in the comments. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah.
We'll be looking out. I mean, we'll do another one when you when you've got it set up, and we can have another chat about that and see how it's going. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, awesome. Thank you. Cheers, Jason.